Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast, where today we'll be talking about Unbelievable on Netflix. Just the first episode. <laughs> All right. My name is Kevin. I'm Derek. Let's get into it. So Unbelievable is a story about a teenager that gets raped and she's seeking for help. But because of the trauma and the pestering from the questions and from everybody that's trying to help her, it makes it sound like she's lying. So then nobody believes her. That's being called unbelievable. It's actually based on a true story. And uh, what do you think of the first episode so far? Uh, it's really good, especially about getting underneath your skin because <laughs> you want to believe her so badly. And, you know, of course, being the audience, we don't necessarily get, we, we have to be on the outside looking in. And of course, they're pulling you back and forth so you don't, so you're on both sides of it. You, of course, want to believe her. There's a lot going against her. And it's difficult to continue to believe her most of the time. You know, it's, it's, they dive into her background a little bit, her past, and, and it does make it hard to believe her, which is, you know, the whole point of the whole story. So good episode. <laughs> That's the way to start <laughs> off a, a season. Yeah, it's, it's so strange because there's these indicators for social cues or something like that, where if you're doing this and this and this, there's inconsistencies in your story. And due to like by the book type of rules or um, indicators, it makes it sound like she's lying, but really she's telling the truth and she's struggling to recount the story over and over and over again, which which sucks because the trauma is so fresh in her mind. And it's the way the TV show does it. It keeps on doing that flashback of what's happening to her. And it's such it's such like a trigger, <laughs> you know? I don't know if it was a trigger for you, but for me, it was like, dang, dude, they're really trying to, in a way, put you in the seat of what's going through her mind because it did happen to her. And then when these cops, uh, not just her, not just the cops, but her counselor and her uh, previous foster mom and like the friends that she's around trying to help her, they don't believe her just because they're like, why does your story sound so different each time or something like that? It sucks <laughs> because it does make sense that they're trying to find out the truth. Sure. But they're, they're tr I guess they place her in a seat of doubt because it sounds like she's the type of person to make up a story to... I don't know, to get that attention or to wrongfully place another man in jail. And that does happen in real life. It just it just sucks when it's true, you know? Yeah, the this story does a really good job of making her fit a certain image because of her background. She wasn't in the best situations. You mentioned she bounced around a little bit from uh, home to home because, you know, she was an orphan. Well, you know, she had a bad background, essentially, and not a lot of people believe her. Like you mentioned, she was in counseling as well to try to, I guess, fix those things and be more relatable to people around her. So she had a small group of people. And so, yeah, it, it makes sense that someone with her background would seek attention because she didn't have a lot of that growing up. Again, it happens all the time. I'm not saying that this is who she is. And of course, we're gonna get to the bottom of this, for the most part. And this being a true story makes it all the more frustrating. It's at least for me, because 
and I know this happens a lot where there's always two sides, you know, to a coin and on the victim side, it is so hard to continue to relive moments while also being hammered with like the process. The process itself is so crazy. And we see these detectives wanting all the details from her. So of course, her not being able to give the same story over and over again with the same details, as well as recounting the stories to other people differently as well, again, builds the case against her versus for her. And you could see these two male detectives hound her. They really intimidate her. I felt intimidated watching them because if I were in her shoes, you know, she handled it very well, she didn't handle it well, but she shut down. Like if it were me, I'd probably be pushing back and saying like, dude, this is the reason why I don't want to say anything because I'm nervous, right? Like I'm a train wreck. Like I can't go through it all. And this is just me putting myself in the shoes. And I, I can't say I truly relate to the situation, but I can heavily empathize because it's just, it's an awful process and in, in not understanding her point of view. My goodness. Yeah. Like even when the first the first questioning stage began like at, at the beginning of the episode that cop that comes in to jot down notes and he's asking like these questions where it's like can you describe him and what did he look like what did he do and it, it sucks because the job is like to help but he's not doing it in like a compassionate type of way the questioning just comes out cold and her trying to recount this while she is still in shock it's reliving those moments and like of course she's gonna struggle to answer that question like they <laughs> the male cop and male detectives come off like assholes <laughs> yeah and i get it you know like i'm sure they have to, a lot to deal with but like i think the key word you mentioned is showing compassion in this case to flesh out the whole story versus pushing her to tell the truth when you know she's distraught you, you, she has she doesn't have enough time to process everything fully and because of her background instead of being attention seeking she's actually more of a shut-in she is again shutting down her emotions her ability to think through what exactly what exactly happened and unfortunately again it's, it's just playing against her and then these cops aren't aren't making it any better at all yeah shutting down for sure it's i mean she's hurting so much that of course you wouldn't want to feel anything if if you were in her shoes it's like the pain is there so the pain is just so much why wouldn't you go numb why wouldn't you try to avoid those feelings so when she's trying to talk to her foster mom um foster moms <laughs> and they're questioning her and they're like oh she's like fine she's like acting like everything's okay and it's like yeah but wouldn't wouldn't you do the same thing because you want to push away that pain you want to you don't want to acknowledge it because now you have if you acknowledge it you have to accept that something happened to you and in order to heal you would have to accept those feelings but this is fresh you know she's not ready to heal <laughs> yeah it's the first stage it, you know she's in denial of everything going on and that's understandable she hasn't had the right people talk to her she hasn't had a lot of time to let it to let herself unfortunately be in the moment to like you mentioned accept everything that's happened and it sucks this is why it's difficult also to find the right support system mm -hmm. because it could feel like it's the people closest to us and we can trust them but it's 
we see in this case, everybody's situation is different. And again, having two foster moms as well as a support group specifically to, to be able to relate to, we can see like that may not matter due to circumstances. When you mention support group, that's exactly right. Cause it's so hard. Like, how do you advise, how do you help someone heal from this pain when they haven't gone through a similar thing? Everyone kind of just comes off like, what can I do for you? What can, how can I help you? It's like, she doesn't know herself like this. <laughs> this isn't something that just happens all the time. Well, there's a shitty way to say that. <laughs> it's, um, it's not supposed to happen every time to the point where you're able to be like, oh, yeah, this happens and you know exactly what to do next time. It's like, no, <laughs> that's wrong. And it just sucks because they're trying to help, but they're making it worse because they're not coming off from they're not coming from a place of understanding, I guess. I don't know. Is that the right way to put that? <laughs> Probably. Like, that's what I got because they're trying to show as much sympathy as possible. However, if they truly understand who she is in her background, they might see that she doesn't know how to verbalize it yet. She hasn't internalized it. And again, this is coming from two straight males who, you know, wish we can understand her and like be that support system, at least for me. You know, I, I see a lot of this and I know people who've gone through very similar circumstances personally in my life. And so it's very difficult to try to get someone to one, accept those things and two, to get the help that you may not be able to give them. Like that is so difficult to do. And being that kind of rock in those moments is another very difficult thing to do on, you know, both sides. It's just a lot of tug of war at play. And, you know, I, a lot of the times I say, you can only help people who want to be helped because you can only do so much. And, in this case, I feel like her support group did try to do their best. And I understand that when the stories were getting flip-flopped, you know, details were getting skewed, that they thought they were being manipulated themselves. Yeah. It's, right. just, it's just always so much more to the story. Yeah. It's such a crazy expectation, though, to be like, you just went through trauma, and now you have to have a way to verbalize it in detail, accurately, to cops detectives to everyone that's trying to help you like that's such a crazy expectation and i i guess that's not something that you can just teach cops and detectives i don't know like yeah yeah man maybe their procedure is to be able to have the victim recount as much details as possible as soon as possible because that's when it's best because the human mind memory always tends to get blurred after a certain amount of time like i <laughs> you know being me you know that i tend to forget things all the time and you know when we recount certain memories you and i could remember certain details differently in uh the next in an episode we'll talk about this because a movie we just watched has this kind of theme to it where several people were involved in a situation each one of them rem remembers the main event happening but they all remember the certain like certain details differently. And so it's difficult to line those things up if you add more time to it. So that's like the opposite end of the spectrum on this and why trying to practice empathy and putting myself in other people's shoes. Again, the detective just wanted fresh details. Like what happened, you know, very recently. Like, can you tell us specifically versus like letting her 
sit with it a little bit. And I don't know. That's why it's so tough. Like it's tough being on both sides. I get it. <laughs> I think detectives could have done a different way, you know, could have gotten about it a little bit more compassionately, but oh, man, it, it was frustrating watching the episode. Yeah, it was ultra frustrating and even more so triggering for me because I can actually uh, relate to this person. So I had, I used to go to this acting studio and then we just got done doing like a performance for like to get an agent in like LA or Atlanta. And then uh, there was a party. <laughs> and then I went to that party. There's a bunch of other actors there. And then this acting coach, whom I thought was like a mentor or somebody that I can trust. But he started touching me and getting all disgusting with it. But I was so in shock that like I didn't know what to say or do because at that time I was younger, more naive, and I didn't know what to say. I thought that it wasn't something I could, I guess I didn't know what to stand up for. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, this is going to risk getting uh, an agent because he's going to say something. But it was a party. And then uh, he started touching me, all this stuff. And I even went to the restroom. And then luckily, I got done doing my business already. Because when I turned around, the door was open and he went in there. And then he turned off the lights and closed the door and then started fucking with my boundaries. And I, I couldn't move, man. I didn't know what to do. And then uh, luckily, nothing bad or it didn't get worse there. But that night I was like super in shock still, you know, <laughs> I'm still going through with emotions. And uh, another moment was I was in the kitchen chatting up with all these other actors. And then this acting coach pulled up my shirt and then started like kissing my stomach. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but I was so, it's such a, I don't know, a strange thing because no one can stand up for you. It's what I've learned, but uh, I remember trying to recount this story to several actors, sitting them down one-on-one -on -one to have that conversation. I was putting myself through pain recounting this story, just like uh, this girl, and it sucks because people will say, well, what happened to me was they said, that shouldn't have happened to you, what he did was bad, but I'm still going to go to that studio, which was like a big fuck you and betrayal, you know? And they compartmentalize. They're like, oh, I don't support what he did, but I'm still going to go to the studio? What the fuck? And then he's a manager for these actors. So as far as putting myself in her shoes, <laughs> it, it makes me feel defeated, deflated, like there's no chance of winning and there's no support, you know, like that. Uh, the feeling of a win. <laughs> so I do feel that pain of shutting down and then not wanting to say anything going numb losing trust with other people uh even feeling extremely disgusted with myself you know like i don't even want to look at myself or like i don't feel comfortable in my body so i'm sure she felt the same way and it's just like the pain is just so much going through that numbness and questioning if tomorrow was worth it that's what happens at the end of the episode <laughs> she's looking at this edge what did you think of that yeah so again it's it sucks that you had to go through that i'm sorry you know like having your boundaries crossed you mentioned and being in a state of unfortunately in inferiority we can call it right like this person in uh in a leadership position or in a higher position try to take advantage of you knowing that you had 
a stake in the game. Like that's so difficult to process. And again, I'm not going to try to fully analyze the whole thing. I can't, I don't, I haven't been in that, those shoes and stuff, but I actually, one question I wanted to ask you is like how, how, after everything that happened, how much time do you think it would like went by until you fully recognized the whole situation? Like, you know, not accepted, but you know, realize it happened. I might have to do something. Recognize as in like, can you elaborate a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. Cause when you say that you're in a state of shock and, okay. you know, similar to, uh, Mary, it, again, you're, you yourself, you're going to need time or some support to be able to process the whole situation. What would you say again, help you process the situation? Uh, was it time? Was it something else? Well, I guess from the get go, when I got home that night, I just didn't feel right at all. I was like, I was trying to make sense of all of it. And then I remember like trying to sleep that night and I couldn't sleep. And then I started crying. So like I recognized it. It was just as far as accepting it and healing that took a lot of time. And it's more so a challenge for myself to grow and heal. And that's difficult because I did think about like a therapist. I just feel like if I were to talk to a therapist, they would pretty much tell me the same thing to like pretty much tackle that trauma head on and heal, <laughs> which I was doing already. It's just, it took a lot of time and me verbalizing this story to, uh, to family and then to actor friends in hopes that they would support me, you know? The questioning from every individual that I sat down and talked with was definitely similar to Mary, where she felt like these questions were hurting more than actually helping, which definitely was for me as well, because it made it sound like those questions made it sound like, okay, yes, I am a victim in that situation. But those questions were heartless and, and insensitive, saying like, oh, did you put yourself in that situation or did you lead him on? It's like, what the fuck? No, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so it's painful recounting that story. But I also knew that I needed to tackle that pain head on to to heal. But as far as, I don't know, accepting it and the whole processing the whole situation and healing, what it was definitely time, but it wasn't just time. It was time and also learning. So the self-help books and trying to actually it was the courage to be disliked that went off that helped me a lot because then it was like talking about how trauma doesn't really exist, you know, and like you can the past is the past and you can change and grow from it and focus on it now. So that book helped me a lot and finding value. It's what helped me was learning from that experience because it could have been worse, but I don't want to say it in a comparison or comparative narrative because trauma like that is going to be different for everybody. You know, it still hurts. It's learning that I needed to have more boundaries and to stick up for myself and realizing that even though these so-called actor friends I thought were my friend, they did not stick up for me and they did not uh, stand by my side to support me. In a way, I feel like I should be the one that should apologize to these actor friends for believing that a friendship with me was worth more than a sex offender. Um, that's just like kind of like a spiteful way to look at it. I don't actually <laughs> yeah. believe that I should apologize to them. It's just I was hoping that 
as far as value wise, that they would value my friendship over a sex offender and not try to compartmentalize that situation and be like, oh, but I'm still going to go to that studio. And then basically in hopes of success, you know, get an agent and make it big time in Hollywood or whatever. And you know what? Time has passed and uh, I don't think they're that much further than me. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult because they themselves weren't in that situation. So of course they're just going to like throw it off to the side, like pretty much saying, oh yeah, it didn't happen to me. Like, it's unfortunate that it happened to you, but how does that affect me? Or And that's so sad. Like that's a lot of our society, a lot of the way the, that career field, like we hear stories of it all the time, especially Harvey Weinstein, right? Like let's acknowledge yeah. that and like a, the Me Too movement was really big and and uh, revealing all the dark sides of Hollywood specifically. And as far as getting help, it is important to find the right help. So uh, I will say that you know finding a therapist may not be for everyone, but there are also different kinds of therapists and support systems out there. I know for me, I was very reluctant to go to a therapist for my own uh, issues, problems, and stuff, but. I would say finding the right one is important. You may go to, you may go through two or three or four of them even to find the one that fits you and your personality as well as the things that you want to work through. Yeah, specific situations like this one. I know there are you know tons of different resources out there. So for anyone who's listening, like don't be afraid to do your research. Don't be afraid to reach out in hopes of getting help. You know, it's it's difficult but it's important for yourself. The only person who can help is you and you have to start with you first. Yeah, I, I want to say like, be persistent in wanting to heal for yourself because then it's worth it. It's tough when the memory is so fresh, and, but be resourceful in finding help. You know, it's <laughs> there isn't only one way to get help. I guess that would be... Um, the note or takeaway because it's to heal <laughs> it's gonna take time but um there's hope you know don't lose hope and don't feel like it is hopeless and that you're alone because i think that was that was scary to to verbalize this story and then realize that this doesn't happen to everyone so therefore it's like um i definitely felt alone because it's not you know like you said it doesn't happen to everyone and it's, I can't expect it to happen to everyone because I don't want it to happen to everybody. I don't know. I went through a process of trying to find my own value because I, I felt like a loss of value. I felt there were negative thoughts that entered my mind where it was like, damn, I'm a bitch or I'm less of a man. So it's destructive thoughts that could have torn me down. And I'm sure she felt the same way or she's feeling the same way. Yeah. It probably on, and again, not to discount you know how you felt and stuff but hers is like not only is her closest friends and family not believing her but people who are supposed to catch this bad person also don't believe her so they're putting her down yeah. and an intense story for marie and you know for what the true person you know the real person since it's a based on a true story had to go through and we know for a fact that she's not the only one that's gone through all this and that's and shitty that's shitty to know it's so shitty yeah to and I hate that saying too like we know that it happens but the way it's said like it's okay like oh it happens all the time like yeah but why did you say that so easily like we should be preventing it or 
you know, not allowing it to happen or excusing people that are in power and then they do that and get away with it or, you know, there's no justice. And I think that's that was something that went through my mind, too. I was like, what is the greatest form of justice? Would I feel better if I bash this dude's head in? Would I feel better if he's in jail? Doesn't feel better when so many people support him <laughs> by going yeah. to the studio, by having him be their manager for these agents. It's like, you know, it's it's such a strange position to be in. I was hesitant on telling the story, but then on social media, I also follow. Do you know the you know Chrissy from Stranger Things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that actress. I saw that she posted where she's gonna take a break from acting a little bit to stream because she went through like another uh, experience where a producer was kind of like pressuring pressuring her to have sex with him, but through a third party, which is like another girl. And she, it's like so shitty. Like, why is this okay? Or why is this, it's not okay, but people say it's not okay all the time. But why is nobody, why is there no backbone? You know, like, I don't know, stand up against it. <laughs> like there's been tons of stories of people trying to, and that's that's what makes it so much more bleak. Like the world is a little bit bleaker because there there's so much more stories and I applaud uh, the actor, Chrissy. <laughs> for taking that break away and verbalizing what's happened. And that's the main thing is like a lot of the things that happen, happen behind closed doors. And we don't know unless it's spoken about, but because it's so difficult to speak about, a lot of it gets buried. I, like one movie I know that you and I kind of wanted to watch a little bit and maybe we will in the future is Blonde. The- uh, Monroe. Marilyn Monroe story with uh, Anna de Armas. Like, I saw, you know, little bits and clips of that, but I would say she's the embodiment of what, she, like, women like her had to go through in Hollywood, specifically during that time when less people spoke up and when, like, specifically even now, right? Like, again, ha like, what happened to Chrissy, the actor? <laughs> I wish we had her name. But yeah, it's Grace Van Dien or something like that. Grace Van Dien. Um, it sucks that it's continuing to happen now. Again, it's always people in power knowing yeah. that other people are looking for this opportunity. And if they say no to certain demands, their opportunity may not come to fruition. Like that's like always the main culprit here. It's 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 always interpreter personal relationships with certain people and Again, there's no real solution because we can put out something, you know, again, something that we read from Courage to Be Dislike is creating horizontal relationships and a lot of that can fix or uh, vertical relationships, but creating a vertical or sorry, creating a horizontal relationship in this case is nearly impossible when it has to do with a person in power who doesn't want to change and is looking for self-satisfaction. Yeah, it's a real shitty thing. I think it made me realize that like everyone possesses a moral compass, but not everyone's going to make decisions based on that moral compass. It's it's like, I don't know, it's so strange. I realized that I had a lot more integrity <laughs> than a lot of people. So people can talk about these values like, oh, what he did is wrong, but then they don't make decisions that destroy that type of uh person like i think the greatest form of justice for me is to see all these other actors stand up and not support them anymore 
that would feel good <laughs> and then be like oh yeah that's a piece of shit so don't support that studio so let that studio die and crumble but <laughs> that's not the case you know i don't know i wish there were greater people with integrity in position of power so that this happens less often i don't know <laughs> one day in in a more brighter future <laughs> something like yeah that. in a different uh in a different timeline probably yeah it's it sucks because we see those kinds of people rise to power and we see good people get pushed down all the time it it sucks you know it's, it's a whole manipulation aspect it has to do with i'm sure a lot of things in the dark that we don't know same thing in this story in unbelievable is just again we're only in the first episode hopefully we can continue the series uh because it does bring up a lot of it's still relevant it, it, what i'm trying to get at even though this show came out 2019 and we're just starting it but it seems important it still seems like an important piece of film that it's our show that highlights a very dark aspect of you know technically humanity our society yeah. today yeah it sucks and it's not limited to just the entertainment industry so it for when we were relating it to the hollywood thing it happens everywhere too in marie's case you know that happened at home that's scary it, you know there's a reason for people to be scared and it sucks hopefully we find out that there's a there's a better ending to the story <laughs> It sounds you sound it almost sound like you said bitter ending. <laughs> oh, bitter. But I'm pretty sure you said better. Uh... <laughs> well, it's probably bittersweet, but yeah, I meant better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know later on that you know talking about the cast specifically, kind of shifting to a different uh, topic. So we know that Tony Collette is supposed to come in, right? She's one of the detectives later on. Yeah, I've seen her in the first episode, but I'm excited for her. I'm yeah, I'm excited for her too. I mean, Caitlin Dever. Yeah. Dever. I don't know how her saying her name, but she's awesome. She's doing a great she's job. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. She really captures the scenes that she's in, makes it believable uh, that she's, again, going through these moments. And oof, I know we talk about this too. I, I won't bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up. But bring it up. <laughs> All right. She should have been Ellie. And this kind of <laughs> solidifies it for me. She should have been Ellie in The Last of Us series. Like, so good you can see her she just fits the role in my mind i have to hard agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i don't know how or what went down through the decision making process but yeah she i think she would have done a great job as ellie too she's she possesses like the the right amount of spunk and charisma too actually it, charisma is kind of strange to talk about because it is like a sad story that we're watching and but like charisma is just being able to capture people you know in that in the scenes that she's in and she's so she's so vulnerable and that's tough to do not only it's a it's a super heavy topic too but she's doing a great job putting herself in a vulnerable position on camera to to break down or to close up to bring justice to the the real victim that went through this so i'm hoping to to see more <laughs> yeah she's really she has a number of oh, she's very experienced is what i'm trying to get at. she has uh, a, a, an experienced background nice repertoire if you will you know she was in dear evan hansen she's played uh, in comedies like last 
man standing like she has range and stuff and so that's why it makes it so much easy to get behind her in this show she's just she does it kind of effortlessly like she really is in there so ah man she's good (laughs) but i'm trying to get at her with tony collette's yeah because then it does say that there's two female detectives uh i did read a little bit about it and but it's (laughs) my assumption is that it's two female detectives that show up and help uh marie find this serial rapist and then bring justice and that's kind of shitty that it takes a female to understand another female situation ah man i I don't want it to be a sex thing like a gender thing but it sucks that it's a thing (laughs) that the male detectives can't can't do it can't bring justice they just (laughs) they just want to move forward from it and it just pushes it down pushes her down pushes the whole thing away uh and again, we're only in the first episode, so I can understand the mindset. Like, I'm not saying I agree with it at all, but being in a te- detective shoes is like when you, I don't know, like a, a stupid example is <laughs> like when you hire someone to clean your house and they come and the house is already clean. And then they're like, well, what do you need clean? And you're like, well, the whole house. It's like, what? Like, it doesn't need to be cleaned. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when's the last time you cleaned it? It's like, oh, I don't know, maybe a day ago, maybe a week ago. And then like, you know, it's like, you're wasting that person's time and that's the vibe i'm getting i understand that there he mentions it in the story or in, in the show and one of the detectives says well, the time that we spent here could be us spending time helping like actually helping people who need it outside of this and that's the line that of course divides us and it has to it's either okay well these detectives are assholes and they don't want to help at all or you're on the other side saying yeah like she either has to get her story straight or they have to drop it yeah (laughs) it's frustrating the show's doing what it needs to do it's supposed to frustrate you (laughs) and it is yeah it definitely has to frustrate you as as a person watching it because you're just like man how many unsolved cases or like unjust justice Injustice. <laughs> unjust like, justice, baby. <laughs> in, unjust justice. Injustice. Uh, you know, I made it there. Yeah, it sucks that there's injustice. It's presented that it happens often, which sucks, because then that doesn't make you sit well as a citizen. Because then you're like, what What the hell? Why, why do we have cops and detectives then if they're not going to bring justice, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's only in a perfect world in a different timeline where everything goes right and everyone loves each other. <laughs> everyone so, loves, yeah. It's a good My show. Goodness. It really is. It's a well shot, well directed. Cast so far is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want to see Tony Collette show up too. She's a good actor. Wonder what they're going to do or <laughs> what they do differently, actually, as female detectives in order to bring this story to to the surface because that's what the male detectives are trying to do but are failing to do they're just making it worse and it's it's almost as if every effort they make is destroying the case yeah. <laughs> the, that scene where they they pretty much pressure her to to lie to to say that this is a made-up case and that scene right yeah. there pissed me off because i was like dude oh, i don't even know how to verbalize it <laughs> they they gaslit her they gaslit yeah, her to yeah. thinking that it was not real and that's why and they, they say in absolutes that's why it's so difficult is because they say you made this up you're you're not telling the truth because none of your stories line up 
this never happened and we need you to say it and we need you to confirm that it never happened and of course she's like well did i dream it then did i like should i take it back so that way i don't feel so uncomfortable and she just has to push it away you know like she she's a smaller female against two larger males again it's it's a whole power position thing they're saying like they don't want to deal with this anymore they they can't continue to look into something that they can't empathize with you know i use that word pretty heavily because it's true like they can sympathize with her they, they know what happened but they can't empathize that she's going through a lot of emotions because of her past as well so yeah it's a difficult episode to watch only because you know you want certain things to happen you really do you want you mentioned justice to, uh for her and stuff like that is just i guess we have to continue the series to find out <laughs> well yeah and like they it's almost as if they already made a decision whether she was innocent or not like i think they precognitively decided that she was lying because they expected it to be another case about a woman lying about being raped and then the man has to spend life in prison or something like that and then they briefly mentioned that when after they gaslit her and she needed to rewrite her her narrative and it's like god it's it's gross you know it's disgusting disgusting ah oh, there we disgusting. go disgusting we had to put that in there sooner later yeah anything else you want to touch on it's a heavy topic trigger warning but we're gonna continue the series <laughs> and find out what happens i feel like we probably should have said that in the beginning <laughs> yeah we're gonna have the to trigger put in the title <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah good call um well thank you guys for checking us out like this was a very heavy topic for a show dealing with you know a lot of these difficult situations uh and again we're excited to continue to watch the rest of the series to see where it goes yeah and um hopefully we can bring some uplifting <laughs> moments in <laughs> bring some hope shed some hope in there even though it is a heavy topic but um that's it for this episode Thank you for joining us as we discuss and discuss first episode of Unbelievable. I've been Kevin. And I've been Derek. Follow us for more content. Coming at you soon. Bye. Bye.